Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast. Say that 10 times fast. Oh my God. With your host, Sylvie Dew. Now, before we get started, I just want to share with you some freebies that I have available at askcoachsylvie.ca. So go to askcoachsylvie.ca. I have some free downloads there. One of them is my nine favorite hill climbing drills. Now, download them, try them. And if if you're out there trying to get faster, being intentional on your hill repeats is so important. So try them. Next one is organization, about getting organized. Are you one of those people who runs around trying to find all your stuff? I created a bike bin checklist. So find a bin um, and start getting organized and use this checklist to start accumulating stuff for your seasons. The last one is my one hour bike maintenance clinic. And what it is, is it talks about all the tools that you should be carrying with you every time you go riding, how to use them, why you use them, and other great tips on how to change a flat, how change a broken chain, uh, patch a tube, and other great tips and tricks. So go and um, download them, share them, and I'd also love to know what you thought about them. Now, have an amazing day and enjoy this episode. And remember, follow me on Instagram for more tips on cycling. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast. And here's your host, Sylvie Daou. And we have a really interesting guest here today. His name is Chris Knott. He's from the UK. He has a couple things. Now, he is part of the UK cycling community, but he's going to talk about his cycling experience getting into cycling. He also has car insurance for cyclists. Now, I know this, this is something that's just UK based, but I'm sure that if he had somebody from somewhere else, he could probably definitely help them out. But we're going to hear all about it from Chris. Um, and he started this really cool charity, which he's going to talk about, which some of his proceeds from his company go towards this charity. So here's a little bit of background before we bring him out. All right. So his aim is to promote carinsuranceforcyclists.com, which enables road cycling enthusiasts, triathletes, duathletes, to benefit from saving in their car insurance, which don't we all uh, like a little bit of savings, especially in insurance, uh, because of their cycling experience, road alertness, aware space awareness, healthy lifestyle. Um, he has a panel of underwriters preparing, uh, prepared to acknowledge the important element. Uh, I am also giving away, he's also giving away all his profits from this to in order to support the charity that he's worked for in Malawi, which is, yeah, he's gonna share uh, what he's doing there, which is what he founded. So it's called starfishmalawi.com, uh, working with the most vulnerable of kids in Malawi. So I'm really, really um, interested. And I'm super excited to bring him out Chris Knott, welcome to the podcast. It's lovely to be uh, invited. Thank you very much. Well, I thought that you had something really extraordinary to share with all of us cyclists, even though you said that you're not a big time cyclist, but 
I always love to start the podcast with asking how you found yourself maybe on a bicycle or um, putting together the insurance for cyclists and how it ties into your charity and how you, how you got into that. Take it away. Yes. Um, let me take you, let me take you back around about uh, um, 40 years and I set up an insurance company specializing in car insurance about 17 years ago, I received a letter just through the post from an unknown source and it happened to be from a country called Malawi. I'd never been to Malawi. I never wanted to go to Africa, but the opportunity came after I'd been running my business for many years. And um, back in 2003, I went on my very first visit to Malawi because I'd been asked in this letter and I was targeted from a database to go to Malawi to build a church. And um, I, I just, I was the only person who got targeted, who went out and saw. And um, I came back from Malawi and um, people noticed my life was different. Somehow I was drawn into what I had seen. And of course it was uh, very poor, um, and, uh, you know, no running water, no electricity. Uh, you know, it was hugely a simple place. And uh, I got very much drawn in. And within, believe it or not, within six months of that uh, visit, I ended up selling my insurance business and working as a full-time volunteer ever since uh, as CEO of a growing charity in Malawi. The cycling bit, if I could just get to that, and then there'll be lots of questions, I'm sure. But the cycling bit emerged about, uh, oh, 12, 13, 13 or 14 years after I'd sold my business, I'd, I'd just visited the offices. I'm still, the, the insurance company still named after me, Chris Not Insurance. And that's what the uh, directors bought off me. But um, the interesting thing was I, was and I saw these cyclists weaving their way through the traffic. And quite honestly, in my mind, suddenly there was this like revelation. It was like this, that um, somehow I, I, it just came into my mind from nowhere. Surely cyclists through their experience on the road would make better drivers because they've been cyclists. And so at that moment was born uh, car insurance for cyclists. It came from just from there. It come from a, a cycling background. I didn't have any, any real um, uh, cycling history whatsoever. But because of my insurance history and also because I was raising money for Malawi, it seemed to merge for me so that I was in a position to be able to use my skills as an insurance broker, combining it with fundraising for the charity. So that's, in a sense, uh, the background to where Starfish Malawi started. And I can tell you the Starfish story if you're interested. Why do we call it Starfish Malawi? Uh, but uh, that's how the two things have merged. I think so. Go, just going back to the cyclist that you saw, did you go back to your insurance company and say, hey, you should add something to the insurance policy for cyclists? And is it, and is it for um, car owners who have bicycles? Or yes. is it giving them a rebate because they are on their bicycles if they have cars? Okay, it's car insurance for cyclists. So it's not cycle insurance for cyclists. Everybody else does that. So I went oh, back to my- okay. People uh, insurance services, but cycle insurance car insurance for cyclists where you you take the where you take the um cycling experience 
and, uh, and, and then combine it with a car insurance. We are unique in offering that. So I went back to my insurance company and uh, asked them whether um, I could, uh, whether they'd be interested in this. And uh, we've now got a panel of underwriters who uh, also agree with this um, relationship between cycling and driving. Can you explain just a little bit more of the cycling and uh, car relationship, okay, like how well, it works? Okay, so we've, we've, first of all, we've done some research and analysis on the cyclists that we currently have on the books, and we've already discovered that they're 50% less likely um, to have a, an accident. So the number of accidents for our ordinary book of business uh, have, have a, say, 100 accidents per 1,000 people. Cyclists only have 50. So in a sense, we've got proven evidence. Over the years in New Zealand, Australia, all over the world, there has been um, some research done um, in order to verify this connection. And the connection seems to me to be fairly obvious. If you are a cyclist, it means that you, at least you're aware of other cyclists around you when you are behind the steering wheel. So you immediately have an awareness of the road and many of the serious accidents that take place in the UK and I guess around the world are personal injury claims when cyclists are injured by car drivers. And uh, I would imagine that if you're you're very much more aware of other cyclists in a car than a non-cyclist. And um, also healthy lifestyle, mental alertness, all of those things that cycling can give uh, improve your um, awareness of your of the surrounding. So when, you, when you're in a car, you're aware of other cars. It, it's mental alertness as well. And um, obviously, if you're on a cycle, another point is you're not actually in the car. So you are <laughs> replacing the, the car miles, which you would have done, with cycling miles. And therefore, the um, amount of uh, hours you are in the car is reduced, but you're still getting your very much road worthiness. You're still road alert. So um, it means that the insurer of the car is actually covering much less car hours than they would have done otherwise. So there's a whole series of, um, of benefits uh, flowing from uh, you being a cyclist and also a driver. All right, thank you. So you get a rebate on your insurance if you're both a cyclist and a car. Like if you have a car and, and you have a bike, you get a rebate on your insurance? Yes. So what happens is that, um, and it's, it's when I use the word, it's not complicated. We, as an organisation, for every three people who contact us, one goes ahead. Now you might say, you know, why don't all three? Well, of course, the insurance market is hugely competitive, and we are the only company in the whole world, as far as I know, to bring cycling into driving. There's lots of other features about. How old you are, what sort of car you drive, have you had any accidents, convictions, and so on. All of these, all of these things still apply to a, a, a car insurance risk. But we have factored in cycling as a as a huge benefit. So therefore, um, though there are, as I say, hundreds and thousands of different uh, insurance offers, we are still able to compete very favourably. And of course. The difference with us, as I'm sure we will explain to your audience, is that uh, any money that I earn, 100% of it will go to uh, supporting cycling in Malawi. Oh, okay, so Chris, I have a question. Now, if I'm, and I totally agree that being a car driver and a cyclist, you are more aware, and you're also I have to get more angry at cyclists that you see not abiding by the, <laughs> by the rules of the road, which I find, and, and I have to be conscious of that because I'm like, come on, guys, you're giving us a bad rap. You know what I mean? Um, but I, ha I have a question. Um, so if I'm a car driver 
And I would like that rebate in my insurance. And I just go out and buy a bicycle. How do I get the insurance rebate? How does that work? Okay, so we advertise our products solely within the cycling community. And there might be some cases we accept this as we launch this product, there might be cases where people who never cycle phone us up and say, I'm a cyclist and this and that, and they want the discount. But as long as we advertise, we ask them, how do you cycle? Are you a member of a, a cycling club? I, um, and we ask them questions about um, their cycling behavior and how much they do as part of our and answers when we give out a quotation. So all you'd have to do is when your car insurance renews, um, you would then, um, in the UK only, of course, this is a UK insurance product, in the UK, you simply go to carinsuranceforcyclists.com and um, then uh, you either give you information or you or phone up and then we give you the quotation at that stage. It's generally done when the renewal is due, because that's the way insurance works in the UK. That's really interesting. And how come you haven't like marketed that to other like insurance companies globally? Because I mean, there's a lot of places other than the UK that could, you know, would benefit from that. I think that, um, I think, uh, the UK is the, is big enough uh, for me at the moment. Oh, right. I, 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 <laughs> okay. you, know, um, you must remember that my chief aim is uh, my chief role is uh, CEO of Starfish Malawi. That's what I'm doing. Ninety uh, percent of my time is actually running um, a charity in Malawi. And if you if I just told you about what I've done in the last week later on you'll very quickly get a feel for the sorts of things that I am uh, I'm involved in, which have got nothing to do with cycling, though at the same time, obviously that will provide, that provides income for us to continue to work in Malawi. So, so do you take the, so what part of that uh, insurance for cycling go, does, does a portion of that go towards that charity? Is that the kind yes. of, um, uh, partnership you have still with your company or with yes. your ex-company, I should say? Yes. I'm an introducer and every time a policy is sold or renewed, I am give, given a, a percentage of the commission based upon the size of the premium and therefore the insurance commission. And I get it for new business and when people renew their policy and all the money, every single penny is then sent out to Malawi. All right, so let's go right into Malawi. Now, I understand why you call it starfish. You sent me a picture of all those starfishes, like, oh my gosh. I don't think I've ever seen as many starfishes in one spot ever. Um, but tell, so go back to that time you went there to build the, what was it, church, and, and how that impacted your life. Okay, and, so and going forward to creating that charity, because I want to hear all about this. Okay, so um, I was asked to go to build this church, and um, I arrived, and the church group met in a dilapidated school. It was uh, it was like a we would say like a pigsty. It was it was appalling, and the children were sitting on a a floor, there was no, nothing there at all. And so the thought after my first trip, and I never thought I was going to be selling my business after my first trip, but it, my mind changed very quickly about that. But uh, the thought emerged that what we would do is I would build a whole new school um, um, and then the church group could meet in a refurbished school and then um, we could then um, do that uh, rather than me build a, a church with a spire or something uh, silly like that in a, in a place like Malawi. So the plan in my mind was 
kind of God willing, would I be able to be able to do that um, when I got back to the um, UK? And uh, having got back to the UK, quite amazingly, a lot of my friends and, uh, and family and other people seemed to get behind this idea. And, um, you know, they said, yeah, we would love to be part of this. So I really got a uh, just the type of start that you want when you are thinking about this very strange uh, idea. Starfish, you saw all the starfish. That picture was actually taken a few years ago in the UK in a, in a county called Norfolk. And um, the starfish story, I'd heard the starfish story maybe 10 years before I went to Malawi. And it's all about the starfish being washed up after a strong tide. And then a, a boy goes along the beach and he picks up a starfish and he throws it into the water. And then one of his parents is walking behind and says to the boy, oh, there's too many of them. You're not going to make any difference. And the boy bends down, picks up one more starfish, throws it into the sea and says, made a difference to that one, saved the life of that one starfish. And as I said, I'd heard that story 10 years before um, and I immediately knew that the charity would have that story of helping the ones and twos, uh, you know, making a difference, just doing something that would. Hi, Chris. That yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. So that's um, that's where it all came from. Wow. OK, so now can I just backtrack? Like what got you to go to Malawi in the first place? Like who convinced you? To go or did was it just something that you're like you know I just need to do something different no. like well, were, I, were I, you with a friend or you saw this organization or okay so I, I got that letter which was inviting me and as I say I was off a database which was a database oh that's right that's right you got 100 different people the two people went from that database two people replied and I was the only one that went and um I was in um, I was in a church service one day and uh, uh, someone stood up um, in the pulpit and said, uh, I'm going to Kenya, uh, but I need a male companion because I've got very poor eyesight. He's got severe diabetes and at nighttime he needed to have a man. He said he stood up. He said, would anybody here like to go with me to Kenya? Could anybody help me? And suddenly I I. I, I thought about it and I went up to him afterwards and I said to him, yeah, I'll come with you to Kenya if you come with me to Malawi. And uh, <laughs> the, deal was, the deal was struck and I only went to Malawi on my first trip for four days, only four days, but it's the four days obviously that changed my life because I ended up, as I said, very quickly and uh, selling my business and, uh, um you know changing it i know this has not got a lot to do with cycling but what i'm about to say is absolutely true um the next part um i came back and obviously i was excited and i thought well i have a a day off a month because i built this really successful business and we had 40 employees and i'd worked really hard to build it up so i thought i'll have a day off and i'll try and raise money by going to schools and other places for this school that i was going to build uh, but my directors, um, my directors saw the difference in me. And one day they invited me into the boardroom without me knowing that what were they were going to say. And they said, we've seen the difference in you and we would like to make an offer to buy you out. And so I didn't even oh. have I didn't even have to find a buyer in order oh. to um, release myself to be able to then. So very quickly within a year for me visiting Malawi. I'd, I'd sold my business, set up the charity, and from then on, I've been I've moved from insurance broking to international development. All with this car insurance for cyclists. Well, see, you don't have to be into cycling, but a part of what you've done incorporated cycling that got you to where you are and you know roundaboutly but tell us so tell us about tell us about this charity in starfish malawi like what did you see there when you went because i i mean 
I've traveled or, over in Asia and India and uh, Nepal, and I've been in some, well, pretty rough areas. I'm sure it's nothing like what you went through, but kind of on the same spectrum. And I did, I came back a different person. Um, but tell us more about your charity. Okay, so um, we started off um, building this school. So I went into other schools locally and uh, we obviously were looking to improve education and um, that's been our primary focus ever since. And um, I, 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 we're now well known by the British Council in the UK and we've developed it. But we, 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 I went to schools, I presented in assemblies, some of my pictures I took and amazingly people said yes I'd like to support this and within about three years um, we had built a school for 2,000 children a brand new school which is now one of the best schools in the whole of Malawi in terms of results it went from the worst to the best obviously because we had invested quite a lot of money in new toilets teachers houses new classrooms and all sorts of um that we, we provided we handed it over to the government so it's not a private school it's just an ordinary school but obviously teachers wanted to teach there because uh, they could see that it was um had much better um, resources and facilities so the school was built um but then in a sense the job was done and i could have just uh finished there and then but of course it the beginning uh, of uh, of that journey that uh, we've been experiencing. The main things we are involved with at the moment, um, um, we provide girls who go to school, we discovered as we got involved in education, girls who go to school often have their period and unfortunately they've got nothing to wear other than rags and they get embarrassed at the time. So they stop going to school and often end up with early pregnancies and early marriages. So we started a program called Gateway, which is Girls Access to Education. And we've provided over 10,000 uh, kits so that girls can remain at school during their period. And we found that the level of um, absenteeism amongst girls has reduced dramatically. We've um, sponsored hundreds, hundreds of um, children through secondary school and many dozens of children through university and we've got some wonderful stories of uh, boys and girls becoming teachers, doctors, um, they've become, uh, one's even become a member of parliament as a result of the, uh, as a result of taking them because in Malawi primary school education is voluntary but free secondary school and education is has to be paid for and very few people have the money to be able to afford to send their children to secondary school um, we've um, we've built probably the equivalent of about five or six complete schools um, which is uh, which has been uh, amazing um, and uh, we've uh, just recently got very heavily involved. We've built a health clinic and we had 5,000 patients in our first month. And uh, we've built oh a special, special disability wing for children who are disabled. We run nursery schools. We, uh, we do teaching. We work with local pastors. So what started off as a, as a, as a single one-dimensional uh, education only build a school uh, suddenly emerged into something much wider and bigger and um, as I said if you go on to starfishmalawi.com um, you can have a look at what we do and you can have a look at all the various things that I've, uh, I've been describing. Oh my gosh like how long ago did you start this Chris? Uh, 2003 was my first trip and oh, I've been, wow. I've been uh, working on it ever since. And um, I, I, the, the big things um, now, I mean, at the moment, um, if I could just tell you uh, briefly, so uh, COVID awareness. Unfortunately, there's big hindrances to taking the vaccine, big hesitancy in Malawi to take the vaccine, as, as we've, you've probably discovered. 
yourself and uh, therefore we've done the COVID awareness campaign um, because because schools have often been closed over this period, the abuse against girls has grown. So we've uh, we've created programs called Cherish and Courage to encourage uh, boys and girls to treat each other with respect. And uh, uh, as I say, the health clinic has been overrun with uh, with people. And of course, um, the problem has been that there's no beds. I got an, I got an email just this week to say they've run out of beds um they've got no oxygen concentrators so what started off as i say as a as a simply uh building a school has um has moved into uh, many other areas i give them i'll just say one more thing i give the impression that you know we we do a lot but remember we're only working in one specific area so when i describe what i'm doing it's not all over malawi it's in the one place where that school was and the surrounding district, which is what district is that, Chris? School called Salima, Salima, and it's about um, an hour's drive from the capital, a long way. And um, yeah, that's where uh, that's where we work. And it's it's like a, it's quite a big area. It's like um, in England, we call it like a county. Uh, we call it quite a big area, and maybe. Uh, um, I don't know, um, three or 400 square miles. It's, it's not just a small little area we deal with, but at the same time, we're not all over, we're not, we're not all over Malawi. We're just in this one particular area. Yeah, because I was, sorry, because since we don't have the video up, I just like, well, I was just gonna, I just went to take a look at where exactly Malawi was in Africa. And um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's, um, below Tanzania and between between Zimbabwe and Tanzania um, is Malawi. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that you've done all that in one very small area. Like 2000 kids in a school? That's a lot of kids. Is um, that for well, the, mm, that the, the, elementary school enough or? That's a pri all the all the all the ones we work with are primary schools. So we obviously support children through secondary school by paying their fees. But the largest school we deal with has got five thousand five hundred pupils, um, and uh, it's huge. And they have a shift system, so they have morning and evening uh, work. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so um, we've been. As I say, it's been I've been to Malawi 29 times and I was hopefully going to go again <laughs> two years ago, but it hasn't happened because of the coronavirus. Um, and I was actually going to be made officially a chief, um, which was going to be uh, quite exciting. Uh, but unfortunately, that will have to wait for another day. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been there since COVID or have you been it only no, we haven't. I haven't been there since COVID at all because uh, it just seems to me to be wise to wait. And uh, hopefully next year we'll be able to. It's, it's very much in the red zone, and uh, um, I'm afraid that uh, yes, uh, there's not there's no planes landing there directly from the UK and other things like that. So it would be very difficult to be able to go, and obviously going against um, government rules. Um, but maybe I could tell you a little bit about the exciting part that cycling. So um, yes, how please cycling do. is connected. Um, I just thought um, uh, your listeners might like to know. Now, um, obviously, initially, I was thinking to myself that any money that I raise will go to Malawi. And I have sent over uh, uh, many thousands of pounds from car insurance for cyclists to Malawi. But I, 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 I suddenly thought that it would maybe be better for dare I say the marketing connection but more importantly on the ground to connect car insurance for cyclists with cycling in Malawi so our, our what we've what we've decided to do and we're already doing it is all the key workers and we've heard a lot about key workers in uh, the UK recently all the key workers like uh, teachers uh, nurses doctors um, 
they normally have to walk to work. Literally, if you own some money, you'll have a bicycle. In most people have cars, most of the listeners. But in Malawi, you 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 hardly see a car on the roads, literally. But you do see bicycles. So we made a decision that any money we earn would go specifically to improve the efficiency of uh, teachers and doctors and nurses. And, and, and you've heard we're, we're heavily involved in those particular sectors. And um, we, so we're going to provide bicycles and make sure that the bicycles are good quality bicycles and um, uh, ensure that they're, you know, that um, instead of someone maybe walking to school two or three miles each way every day and getting hot and wet, dry and uh, thirsty, that we would, um, we would provide them with um, bicycles and we feel as though that would be uh, an excellent way because bicycles are like having in a sense cars in most places and uh, I, I do believe that uh, uh, that decision that we've made is is not just because we want to market our product but actually we will get a, a massive uh, return because of this uh, we've already had the bikes we've handed out, we've already had a fantastic feedback saying, you know, you wouldn't believe how not only as a job, but also personally, these bicycles have enabled uh, professional people to be able to live better, work better and everything like that. So that's what we've uh, committed ourselves to. Any money that comes from car insurance for cyclists will go towards cycling, cycling repair, uh, everything connected with uh, the cycling community in Malawi. Oh, that, that's okay. So that's that's awesome because I've seen like here in Canada and like in Ottawa, I know um, there's some organizations that collect bikes and send them like say to Cuba for and hand them out there. Um, and I'm sure that they go to other places as well, but they literally fill up a shipping container and just ship them over and i know as a cycling club myself we have donated um like old jerseys that you know nobody wants to buy anymore and we've shipped them over and to i think it's cuba predominantly where we've we uh help um but you know anything that we can do to to help you know, donate our stuff we do. Now, how are you getting those bikes over to Malawi? Okay, what? well, you've got, you've got to remember that, um, as I said, cycling is like driving here. So there is a big mm -hmm. industry. When I was last in Malawi, I went to the assembly uh, factory of Buffalo bicycles, which are imported from China and assembled okay. in Malawi. And uh, there is a tremendous business of bicycles. So therefore it's it's very, very, very easy if you've got the money to be able to buy bicycles. It's like, as I say, cars over here, it's it, it's simple. So there's no, we do, we, we send a container. In fact, we just sent a container, a 40 foot container uh, about three or four weeks ago, and there were a couple of bicycles on there, but generally speaking, we would buy them in country, and it's very simple. I guess so, because these ones are not brand new. Like, they're either, like, refurbished or donated, or maybe they've come from, I don't know, they've, you know, the police collect them and they don't sell at their auctions or I don't know where they come from, but they're not brand new. So that's why they're kind of refurbished um, bikes that go over, but you send over brand new bikes that have to be assembled. So that makes us, that makes sense because they show up in a box much easier <laughs> to ship. <laughs> uh, sorry, I got that. I, 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 you, I mustn't have explained it very clearly. The assembly is, there's, China sends all of their materials to an assembly point, a factory in Malawi, and we uh -oh. have nothing to do with it. We all we have to do is to pay for the bicycles. And oh, they, okay. So um, uh, we can also, I mean, there's lots of you can pay brand new, second hand. There's all sorts of options and costs, but 
our theory is that the roads are so bad, there's only um, about three tarmac roads in the whole of Malawi, excluding the cities, um, which are the main <laughs> kind of motorway. So you've got to have a very, very robust bicycle to be able to uh, uh, get around in Malawi. So we, we use the ones that have been specifically made for the road conditions, and um, that's how we do it. Oh, well, that makes sense because, uh, like you said, so they're more kind of touring slash mountain bike type bicycles. Yes, I don't know much about, but Buffalo Bicycles is the name of the brand. And uh, but obviously there are there are there are many other brands out there that, uh, as I say, are. And I don't know what they're called, but I do know that we uh, make sure that they are. If we're going to give these away to key workers, we've got to make sure that they are um, sufficiently robust for the roads. Yeah, the last thing you need is all flat tires and no bikes going anywhere. That is really cool. So, Chris, has this prompted you to maybe get on a be start cycling yourself? I think you said. Have you got a bicycle here yet yourself yet? I'd, uh, I'm, I'm very, I must be very honest that I have no, <laughs> that's okay. Intention. I want to be, it would be lovely to say to you, oh yes, <laughs> stimulated together. But at the age of uh, 68, I'm uh, probably thinking to myself that uh, if I was going to do cycling, I might've done it before now. So uh, yes, um, um, I know I'm, it, it, I see so cycling a bit like the insurance scheme itself came from um, just an, an understanding of needs rather than my site, uh, you know, cycling prowess or cycling desires. I could just see how it could be used so uh, amazingly um, to support um, one of the world's poorest countries. When I went to Malawi, the um, average life expectancy in 2003 of someone in Malawi was 37. Um, now, now, uh, 17 years later, I'm pleased to say it's 62. It's still young, but it's it's changed massively uh, over the yes, last so. years. Well, I mean, you aren't that old to get on a bicycle Chris <laughs> a lot of people you know the funny thing is that a lot of people pick up bikes around your age too <clears throat> I don't know about the UK but around here it's like one of those things everybody like when you decide to make a, a lifestyle change cycling's usually the one that uh, people choose and um, and I think if I could encourage you that you might just like it. Well, um, I think I do actually have, I do actually have a bicycle in my garage, oh. which is going to go on the next <laughs> to Malawi. So I will take you. Uh, and I will just try, I will just cycle up the road and I Take will see whether I think I've got a, <laughs> a new career, a new career. <laughs> hey, you never know if I could encourage you to do that. That would be cool <laughs> since you kind of intertwined it in your life. And you'd be like, yeah, I can see how this appeals to a mm. lot of people. And since you're retired and you have so much time since you can't be there i know that you're very busy and it sounds like oh my gosh i can't even imagine like like everything that you've built like say almost in 20 years like it's like that second career right like you must feel so i mean like i don't know like i can't how do you feel how does that like like when you when you do that like explain the I don't know. Just explain how that makes you feel. Well, um, you're like the Oprah Winfrey of Malawi. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. 
running running an insurance business is considerably easier than running a charity because <laughs> of the fact that you've got you are you've got the problem of uh, communication so in malawi the internet is not great and uh, you've got the issues of uh, communication reporting and um Whereas if you're selling insurance, it's, it, it seems to be a much simpler process where you control people there, you, you, you're sitting in an office with them and you're doing this. But I can say um, when I consider um, what's gone on, how, you know, I'm, I, I feel really kind of um, blessed to be, have to be able to do what I've done. And it seems to me to be a calling. Um, I sent you one uh, photograph of a, a lady called Grace, and yes. um, uh, if I could just share share that story because that was uh, yeah, it, it was a, no, it was on it was on the on the images the uh, the um, oh yeah I didn't I saved them I didn't print that yeah. off but I saved it yeah but if I could just tell you very briefly um, it's a lovely story I was at a petrol station in Malawi and this is the true story and. Um, I was filling up the car and there was this lady who was uh, serving me and uh, so she put in the she put in the uh, petrol and then said would you like an invoice and I said yes please and she said what name would you like the invoice in and I said starfish malawi and she looked at me and I looked at her <laughs> I knew she had a story to tell me and when I first went to malawi back in 2003 she you can't remember me going, but she went to the school which we first built. She was one of the pupils at that school when I oh first. Oh my gosh! Went. No way! One and of the that, students. One of the students, and she. We had sponsored her through secondary school. She was one of our first secondary school sponsored students, and then after that, she uh, we we helped her through teacher training college, and she was literally at the moment when I met her, she was just having a fill-in job between her leaving teachers training college and starting at a school to become a teacher and what it showed me was that there was this cycle it's not just what happens today but there is a, a product a fruit from what we are doing which actually means that uh, people get help she personally uh, was really grateful and as I say she'd never met me we didn't know each other but in a sense she was part of that fruit that you discover and I was um once um uh, went on a safari and I met someone a long way away and they said oh hi Chris and I thought I don't know you and and this person, <laughs> this person had gone on to become a uh um uh, uh, quite an important person within the local community and uh, as I say the school where I built rebuilt called Caputo School, uh, that that te head teacher who was almost, you sensed almost suicidal when I met him, he, because of what we did in his school, he actually became one of the top people in the whole of Salima education system as a result of, in a sense, what went on. So sometimes the impact of what you do is only seen a little bit later down the path. And uh, it's, it's nice when you find out these things almost by accident and you know that what you've done has uh, has changed has changed the lives of many people and uh, yes I got uh, just one more I got an email just a few days ago from a, a young girl and again she now is married she's got two children she is a teacher at a school her husband's running a business and they are happy and content and uh, I just wanted to write to say you know without your help I wouldn't be where I am now so it's really, you know it's when you receive messages like that that uh, you realize that what we're doing is uh, so precious it is and you don't realize like you said how many people you've impacted or, or have actually used that impact to be for good you know and and taken themselves somewhere that is so amazing. I love this. It just gives you a really like happy, happy feeling in your stomach. And I'm, I know I, I keep taking the video off because 
your audio is so much better with our videos off, but oh my gosh, I love this. And, and I'm going to share this with everybody. Um, I don't know how I can put this document on our show notes, but I think it's part of your website. Is this on your website? This little story, Not Chris? Not at the moment. It's better. It's just fresh. Yet. Oh, is it just for me? Aww. So, so yeah. So we're going to put his, all his, um, his links. And, um, and if you're, um, I, I suppose you take donations, at Starfish Malawi. Yes, we've obviously got a, we were a registered charity in the UK and of course we have got a, um, uh, yes, we, 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 we received donations and if anybody did want to, I mean, I often say the most important thing is to, believe it or not, not go for the money, but go for kind of the heart, go for, because we work in a lot of schools, we work in about 30 schools in the UK and um, I'm not really after the children wanting to dip into their pockets and give me money. I wanted them to give me their mind and their heart. I want them to give me themselves so that they, as they grow up, they see the world through a slightly different set of eyes to what the world would normally portray. Um, so uh, yeah, but of course we, we do depend upon in order to build a health clinic and do other things, of course, yes, there is money involved. And we've been very fortunate in the 17 years we've been operating yeah, extraordinary things. Oh my gosh. We've every I, year and we've never had a problem. So do you um so you said that you go you you do you go, do you do presentations in schools and, and share with them like what you've done? Yes, I did miss one of the things that we do, and that's schools linking. So schools linking means that we've had hundreds of teachers go to Malawi and and uh Probably about 50 teachers from Malawi come to the UK. Really? Oh, that's so cool. Funded by the British Council under what they call a Connecting Classrooms grant. So uh, the government give out a grant. And um, I go, I've been into hundreds of schools sharing about uh, um, things like perceptions, global understanding, uh, uh, and then we've been talking about things like litter and waste and health care and, uh, and all sorts of different things that affect us all. Water, the importance of water, um, and, and we try and link it into the curriculum so that um, at the moment our big project is called, uh, um, is called the um, Clean Hands. And um, we're trying to make sure, because it affects both people in Malawi, and people in the UK and around the world. Clean hands is something that doesn't, it's not, it doesn't differentiate between the rich and poor. You've got to have clean hands in the current environment. So uh, yeah, so um, going into schools has been a large part of what uh, uh, I've done. Um, I do have a schools linking coordinator who does most of the visits. But over the years, I have been into literally hundreds of schools do you set up like um i know this is kind of maybe funny but do you set up like pen pals between the kids too like where they um have friends and they communicate like do you do that kind of stuff too um so the answer to that is um it was struggle to work because of just uh uh, the, the 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 whole communication issue we struggle but what we're doing what we're doing a lot of now and it is working very well uh it's mostly from teacher to teacher we have whatsapp groups okay. and, uh, and that has worked very well because the, the thing about whatsapp groups is that it's very cheap to use in malawi um mm. it costs a little bit but compared to the normal telephone call it is a fraction of the cost and therefore it's it's a way of enabling uh, pictures films and information to be shared between the two schools so uh, that's what we're generally um, doing is um, to use uh, whatsapp and um, 
the, the largest growing uh, industry in the whole of Africa and also in Malawi is the telecommunications industry. That's the biggest growing industry in Africa. And um, there are more mobile phones. There are more mobile phones in um, Malawi per person than there are in the UK. You would not believe that. But <laughs> really? They wow. tend to be the very old type. They're not the smartphones often. The smartphones, you have to have a little bit of money, but the old uh, phones, which are just the phones only, lots of people have got those because it's been sent as a gift once we over here have started our smartphones. So, but yes, it's a, it's a massive growing industry. And um, there are, you know, there are literally people, every teacher will have uh, some kind of mobile phone. Wow. I mean, I can't even say anything that like this is extraordinary what you've done with your retirement. I'd say you retired well, you, you know, and you, and you, you, I don't say like, but you got into something that was meaningful, right? Instead of like just retiring on, you know, a yacht somewhere. Um, but uh, I wish we had some cool stuff. Maybe there's cool stuff like this happening around here, but this is really fun. So it is like the top of the hour, Chris. See, you asked how long this would happen. I'm just like, we're just going to talk <laughs> and, and you're just going to share your story and what, everything that you're doing. And so everybody, um, so like you said, they do take donations. So all of the links are going to be in the show notes but it is starfishmalawi.com that's the charity um and you the social links for chris are going to be in the show notes as well so you can always reach out to him if you feel so moved by this particular episode and maybe you are in the uk maybe you're looking for something that's really to to attach yourself to and you know, I'm sure Chris is probably looking for good people who are, you know, go to mm -hmm. schools, can work with the Oregon volunteer, whatever. Um, but, uh, oh, and there's the car insurance for cyclists. So check that, <laughs> check that out because some of that money goes like that money goes to the organizations as well. So Chris, I want to thank you for being open to share this. Um, like I say, every episode, every person that I interview, I, I get inspired by everybody on some certain level, but this one is a good one. This one is a good one. So I want to thank you, Chris, <laughs> come back out. Cause we're just going to close it up. Um, and thanks to our audience for listening um do you have any last minute words that you'd like to to share before we uh bring it to a close well i've i've discovered that um there's um a verse in the bible that talks about it's more blessed to give than to receive and i found that um that's a beautiful thing to do is to to give somehow we like to receive, but I've I've discovered, as I say, that um, from from my perspective, um, this has been a, a a a journey that I never expected. It, it, it came as a surprise. It came as a complete surprise to me. But uh, as I say, um, and I think the other thing, the last thing I'd say is that I have some fantastic people around me. You cannot do these things alone, and. Uh, Almost all the people in the UK are volunteers, um, and uh, you know we 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 just have some people who, like me, have grabbed hold of that uh, starfish story and uh, decided to, in their own small way, to do something wonderful. And yes, if anybody would like to make contact with me, and uh, my contact details are on the uh, website, I'll be I'll be delighted just to pick it up. I'm. I, I, yeah, I, I like what you said, Sylvie. It's more about meeting people who have skills, who are who are who have a desire to want to help. It's the most important thing. Thank you. Yes, that starfish story is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. So with that, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Uh, please share this with friends um, and shout us out on social media. Uh, follow Chris. He is on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. And, um, and have yourself an amazing day. Don't forget to review and give us a rating. Have an amazing one. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.